What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and you might notice my voice is just a little bit hoarse, a little bit shot. That's because I'm just getting back from the Sixers versus the Denver Nuggets at Wells Fargo Center, where Joel Embiid put on quite a performance, and we are going to dive deep into this one. This is the first time I'm really doing an episode on a single game that's not really uh, in the playoffs, but I feel like this game needs its own episode. Sixers going up against the number one seeded team in the Western Conference, um, best team in basketball, second best team in basketball behind the uh, Celtics, uh, win percentage-wise anyway, and uh, starting in the first half, we could see why. Um, I mean, Jokic looked phenomenal, the Nuggets looked phenomenal, they were up 15 at half, um, you know, their whole team was just really flowing. And before we, we jump into the Sixers side of things, I just want to say in the Western Conference, I th- think the Nuggets have a very good shot of, of making it to the NBA Finals. Nikola Jokic, fantastic player. Um, I mean, he makes everyone around him so much better. And I have, you know, a ton of respect for Nikola Jokic. He is a great basketball player. He is a phenomenal player to watch. I love the dynamic he and Embiid have. You know, they're competitors. They play hard. They, they want to win. But they're also respectful of each other. They respect each other's game. Um, and I think it's just a really cool... You know, I don't even know if it's technically a rivalry. I think the rivalry part of it comes more with the stat heads on Twitter, where they're arguing uh, Nikola Jokic's warp versus uh, Joel Embiid's stats and all that stuff. But I think, you know, when it comes down to the actual rivalry, it's just two great players, and people like to paint that narrative. But I think at the end of the day, it's just a great matchup. But nonetheless, let's jump into this game, because this was a phenomenal game. We rarely get to see Jokic and Embiid go head-to-head, face-off in a manner like this. Twice a year, of course, the teams play each other. It seems like one of them missed the game almost every year, at least one of them. So, really nice to see both teams healthy for this one. Nuggets starting uh, Jamal Murray, MPJ, uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, all healthy. Sixers, of course, healthy lineup. So, just seeing two really, really powerhouse teams in both conferences go at it is always a great time. But... Um, let's just start, you know, first half, Sixers looked a little bit rough, come out of the gates and beat swinging. I think he scored six straight to start the game. And then things got a little bit rough. They went on a couple runs. They were knocking down all their shots. Michael Porter Jr. was automatic from the three point line. And the Sixers defense was struggling significantly, letting up 73 points in the first half. Um, yeah, that's, that's not a winning formula usually, especially against a team like this. You know, the Sixers really need to rely on their defense a lot of the times because they're, you know, they're a great offensive team as well, but it's really difficult to put up, you know, if they're putting up 73 and a half, it equates to 146 points in the entire game. And that's not a pace you're trying to match. So the Sixers needed to get stuff done. Um, you know, Doc Rivers has had a phenomenal run recently, leading the Sixers to the second in the Eastern Conference. Um, they're playing phenomenal six games in a row. So if they did happen to drop this game, you know, couldn't have had such an overreaction. But um, in the third quarter, the Sixers came out absolutely swinging. Joel Embiid was firing away, went crazy in that third quarter. George Niang hit some massive threes, including a banked corner three. I don't remember the last time I saw someone bank home a corner three. That was absolutely awesome to watch. Tobias Harris scored zero points in the first half, really struggling, ended the game with uh, 14 points to go along with six boards, and a really, really great second half from Toby. Really nice to see him bounce back. Additionally, James Harden uh, really helped keep the Sixers afloat in that first half, Um, not necessarily the scoring, but he had... uh, you know, I think he had six assists at the half to go along with double-digit points. Uh, finished the game with three threes, five for ten from the field, but he was playing his role perfectly. And, yeah, so anyway, jumping into the second half, 
you know, you, you got to immediately look at the third quarter and the way the Sixers were able to propel themselves back into the game with, with multiple runs, as a matter of fact. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing that they had to have multiple runs, of course. Um, you know, the first one came at the hands of Embiid and Niang, as mentioned. Then the Nuggets were able to come back and when Embiid was on the bench and kind of string together a big run uh, to put them up by, I think it was 15 once again. So Sixers found themselves in a big deficit once again and able to just string together a couple stops. And the biggest move that Doc Rivers made to make this possible was uh, not playing Montrez Harrell in the second half. And look, I am a big fan of Montrez. I think he's a good player, a great offensive player. But it's no denying that he struggles against other teams, you know, centers, especially if they're over the height of six foot ten. And Trez could not guard Jokic. Not that many people can, but it was not even a competition. You could not have Montrez Harrell out there. They were trying to match his minutes with Jokic, and it was just awful, uh, you know, disgusting sight. And Doc caught on immediately. Uh, only finished with ten minutes for Harrell. Um, it did result in uh, thirty-seven minutes for Joel Embiid on a night where he was supposed to be questionable. But nonetheless. Um, Joel Embiid uh, and P.J. Tucker really did get the job done in that fourth quarter, holding Jokic to a two points in the fourth quarter. The back-to-back MVP, uh, odds-on favor to be a third straight MVP this season, held to two points in the fourth quarter. And P.J. Tucker was the reason. Look, people always are like, why is P.J. Tucker, you know, what, what makes him so special? He, he's a dog, whatever. He's got that intensity. He could play some good defense, but is his defense really that good, but he's not scoring? He poked the ball away from Jokic maybe three or four times in the last four minutes of the game. Um, you know, he's not going to get credit for all the steals. And beat had a couple blocks when P.J. was kind of forcing him inside. Tobias had a big steal on him uh, when P.J. was, you know, bodying him up. And all of this resulted in seven turnovers for Jokic, which is, you know, not typical of him. Uh, he did finish with 24, 8, and 9. But when you consider all the stuff that he did in the first half, that line is very weak, especially compared to Joel Embiid's 47 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 blocks, uh, 2 blocks, and 3 steals. So Embiid just filled it up. And P.J. Tucker's 2 points of the game came on an absolutely massive bucket to put him up. Uh, I think it was 2 possessions. Uh, missed, a, missed a shot, and P.J. came in for the offensive rebound. Um, absolutely huge clutch basket. Um, and yeah, it was just awesome to see PJ Tucker get some of that recognition that I feel like he deserves on the defensive end. That definitely think he's a all defensive type of player. You know, at this age, it's hard to justify the contract the Sixers gave him, but games like this restore my hope in PJ Tucker. And uh, I understand why he's in the starting lineup 100%. Um, you know, would I be opposed to trying out some different things, especially if we got different players at the deadline? No. But there's definitely a spot for P.J. on this team, and P.J. is definitely a part of a, a winning team, as we saw in Milwaukee and as we've seen uh, when he was on the Heat and just throughout his career. As this, this veteran who grinds it out really makes his team a lot better, and uh, this game, he definitely did that. Um, another player who I would like to give a little more recognition to is Matisse Thybul. Matisse Thybul has had his ups and downs this year, more downs than ups, I would say. But Matisse Thybul in just 12 minutes had three steals in this one, also had a putback layup. Um Matisse should be getting more minutes. It's really as simple as that. He's better than Denwell House. Um, you know, I love Niang. I, I think he, he's he's secured his minutes. Maxi's going to get his minutes off the bench. But, you know, when you're just automatically putting in shake and that's it, you don't consider to give Thibault minutes, especially when we're struggling guarding an opposing guard, which has happened a lot of times uh, this season where we've, you know, especially one time specifically I can remember is against the Thunder at home. Shea was having a great game and, Matisse had a block on his three, and we put him in for the last couple seconds of a half, and that's the last we saw from him. I would really like to see some more Matisse Thibault minutes. I mean, he made a second-team all-defense at the age of, what, 21, 22, and 
we're kind of just giving up on him. It seems really silly. And I know he could be a package in some trades, but I really think the Sixers are quick to not to, uh, you know, get rid of that talent that we have, especially once we got rid of Ben Simmons. Look, if we have Ben, I get it. You know, two perimeter defenders like that. There's not that much room on the court for both of them to be an on-ball defender. But once you get rid of Ben, you have this elite on-ball defender on a team that struggles with a uh, guard defense. You know, Tyrese Maxey's a great player. James Harden's a great player. Their defense is a little bit questionable, especially Maxey's. Uh, De'Anthony Melton's a fine defender, but when you have Matisse Thybul, um, he could be a huge asset to you. And playing him in the season, seeing how he can do against some of these big matchups, you know, in the Eastern Conference alone, you're going to have to play guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I'm not saying he's necessarily going to be able to guard Jason Tatum just, you know, because of the height and whatever. He's probably not going to be able to guard Kevin Durant, but a guy like Kyrie Irving. Just look at the best teams, you know, in the Eastern Conference. Their, their guards are pretty elite. Drew Holiday, uh, you know, of course, Giannis is the biggest threat on the, on the Bucks, but you need a guard that can guard, you know, well at the perimeter. And that's what Matisse Thibel gives you, you know, guard forward, whatever you want to call him. He could be a crucial part of your team. And I'd really like to see him get some more minutes, but um, enough of the stats, enough of the analytics, enough of anything else, except for Joel Hans and bead. We're going to spend the rest of this show talking about Joel and bead and well-deserved. Um, this is a Joel Embiid legacy game. Look, he's had some solid games against Jokic, of course. Um, there's been some great, some great duels. He's had his his statistically unbelievable games. In my personal opinion, this was a top five, definitely a top five regular season, probably top three regular season game of Joel Embiid's career. Um, you know, 47 points is absolutely incredible to go along with the 17 rebounds. The stat line alone is phenomenal. But when you really look at how he pulled it off, it just adds another element, especially, you know, getting the win in this fashion, you know, that comeback where Embiid just scored basket after basket, getting big stops, getting big boards, you know, just having his way, helping his teammates, you know, making the right plays down the stretch when it matters. And that's something Joel has struggled with a lot this year. We saw a big dime that he had in the corner to Tobias Harris for a, a huge three that if you look back at that game against the Wizards, uh, what was it a couple days after Christmas he missed that same exact pass to pretty much lose them a game so it's really nice to see Joel Embiid developing as a teammate as a passer and as a player and as we've seen that equates to more points and more rebounds and more stats as opposed to less and you know everyone's like this narrative that Jokic can pass that's you know he's better than Embiid look I'm not going to sit here and try to debate this um, of course, I'm going to say Embiid's better. I'm biased. I'm a huge, you know, I run the Sixers Sports Ethos uh, podcast. Of course, I'm, I'm going to watch Joel Embiid night in, night out and see his dominance. I can acknowledge Jokic is a great player. But what we are going to acknowledge is Joel Embiid's ability as a playmaker because regardless of who you think is better, that's not, there's no denying Joel Embiid's playmaking anymore. Averaging four assists a game, but what he does is so much more than that. He draws so many defenders. When you look at guys like George Niang's three-point production, Tyrese Maxey's increase in production, uh, James Harden's three-point percentage, or not percentage, just production. I mean, DeAnthony Melton, you look at all the guys on the Sixers that are shooting the way they do, and that is because of Joel Embiid. He draws several defenders the second he steps into the paint. You know, he draw he jumps to that free throw line. Uh, you know, if there's not more than one hand up, that's going in. So you got to double him. You got to draw defenders, and that leads to wide open guys on the wings. Um, and yeah, that really has just opened up the offense this season. Opened up the offense for this recent run. And you know, I really didn't want to get into this all star starters. 
he's an all-star starter. He's a, he's a second on the MVP, you know, whatever. How MVP, uh, I think the way all-star voting needs to be changed, whatever, if Joel Embiid is on all-star starter. But he said it best. You know, people don't remember if you're an all-star starter. You know, he, he cares about the championships. He cares about the wins. And that's what I love about this team is that everyone is together. James Harden has bought in. Joel Embiid has bought in. The whole team is bought in. And it's just a phenomenal sight to see the Sixers sitting uh, where they are right now. You know, they are the hottest team in basketball. There's no denying that. Uh, two games back from the Celtics now, but if you had to give me either of these teams with the way that they're playing, I don't think there's a team in the NBA that's playing better than the Philadelphia 76ers. Went on a five-game road trip in the Western Conference, took care of business, had two tough rivalry games, quote-unquote, depending on you know what you want to call this one. Um, won both of those games, huge games, and Joel Embiid Struggled a little bit in that Nets game. Production got picked up by a bunch of other guys, and we were able to get that win. Then Joel, questionable for this one, comes in firing and just got hotter and hotter until he had this absolutely unbelievable game. Put the the nation on notice. The day before the Eagles playoff game, you know, the city is not really caring about the Sixers on a day like today when the Eagles are getting ready for their uh, NFC Championship game at the link against uh, the 49ers, which is going to be an absolutely crazy game. Uh, Just wanted to throw that in there. You know, being able to be at that game today, I saw a crowd more fired up than I've seen for any game, maybe other than the Nets. And even then, I don't remember, you know, a crowd getting this into a game on a on a Saturday at 3 p.m. You got a packed house. You got, you know, I was on my feet. I was screaming. You know, I, I lost my voice for a little bit and got some of it back now, so I'm able to record this. But, you know, everyone around, there's no one just looking at their phones. No one, like, you know, everyone was locked into the game. They were fired up. MVP chance everywhere. It's like, you know, of course you're going to get the booing the refs at every game, but there's just a level of intensity from the fans that it really did feel like a playoff atmosphere. And, if the final somehow did come down to the Nuggets and the Sixers, I think that would be the most ideal finals matchup. Obviously, as a Sixers fan, to see the Sixers in the finals, but really for the entire NBA to be able to see that type of uh, performance from two of the NBAs and two of the world's uh, best athletes just going head-to-head, nothing but respect for one another, and you know just playing their games and playing it phenomenally. So... Look, there's not much more to say about this one except for how great of a game it was, how much how entertaining it was to see Joel Embiid do his thing on the national stage, you know, show the world, look, I wasn't an all-star starter, but I am an MVP candidate. I am a top two MVP candidate, and I want to be the favorite. He has been second place two years in a row. He is climbing. His team is phenomenal. He is doing everything in his power to be MVP. And look, MVP or not, if the Sixers keep playing like this, Joel Embiid is having his greatest season of his career, and there's no doubting that. Carrying the Sixers to this great of a team, considering their slow start, Look, I'm going to sing his praises until he gives me a reason not to. He is just the perfect athlete for the city of Philadelphia. He's gritty. He hustles. He's a great defender. You know, he takes criticism in stride and uses it to build himself, to better himself. And he makes his teammates better, which is the number one most important thing, just like Jokic does. But and B just took over this game. We're not even. We didn't even talk about his his dagger step back three like a guard. Just drills it James Harden climbing on his back and that is a moment that embodies the last month or two of this season was his just the chemistry that Embiid and Harden have had with the guys around them putting in work look the Nuggets bench put up 27 points combined Maxi and Niang off the bench 
put up 27 combined. So they matched the bench production just with two players. The Sixers have guys that can step up and do step up, and it's always really great to see them step up because that's what you're going to need in the playoffs. That's what you're going to need down the stretch. That's what you need against the best teams in the NBA. Joel Embiid's 47 and 18 is going to get it done for you, but you're going to need some other guys to step up, just like Harden's 13 assists and 17 points. You know, Niang hitting four threes, some huge ones. Five, you know, <laughs> getting the shot off with like .2 left on the shot clock. They Pass it to him, just flicks it right up, drills it. Like, man, this team is just a joy to watch, and I cannot wait to keep covering this team for the rest of the season. I felt like you guys needed a podcast on this game because it was just so damn brilliant. But as always, thank you guys for listening. I'm Adam. Keep trusting that process, baby. Joel Embiid for MVP.